Dennis Gertler, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate the time. Well, uh, it's gonna, it's Tuesday, uh, but generally on Monday, so the first day of the week, we check in with someone from Can Delta for our Ask the Experts uh, segment on BFC Live. And today is Tuesday and you are new to the Can Delta team. So I wanna give it to you to describe your background and then we'll talk about Can Delta stuff and your expertise. Do you wanna give it a go? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, to start, I've got a, at least 20 years experience in, in uh, uh, regulatory world, especially operations and policy in the Ontario government. And the last five and a half years of which was uh, spent as uh, head of compliance and audit at the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, who your listeners likely know is the uh, regulator of the retail framework here in Ontario. It's either the most popular or the least popular regulator, depending on the day or week, I think. Well, you know, uh, one of the things I, I will say about them is that they're a very professional and thorough organization. And what I bring to the Candelta team is a, a very strong understanding of how they make decisions. Uh, for example, how the retail uh, standards are, have been developed and how they're applied. And of course, I know all the key people there as well. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, obviously a great addition to the CanDelta team. And because you're on the CanDelta team and they're our partner, we get to pick your brain from time to time, which is really exciting. So so thank you for making time and welcome uh, to your first BFC Live and welcome to the Ask the Expert segment because we are glad you're here. Can I ask you a question? Because um, I want to talk about something that comes up a lot as we talk about retail, not so much from the regulatory side, although it comes up then too, but really about setting up... Um, uh, a good retail shop, right? And and a lot of it, I think, comes down to uh, proper training. We talk about with the Candelta team, we talk about with a number of our partners, that the differentiator between some of the really great stores and some of the less great stores is really around training. I want to talk to you a bit about that. Like, how do you think training intersects with like successful or compliant or just really good retail? So fundamental, Jay. Uh, thank you for asking me that question because we often get questions that are essentially training questions. Somebody will ask us, "How do we pick and uh, you know ensure we have the right people on our staff? Uh, how do we deliver an excellent customer experience, or even like something like how do we improve our store's compliance? These are all a, a fundamentally training questions." Yeah, it, it's got to be so true. And, and I think there's this challenge, and we've talked about this before too. It's like, you know, you, you, you sp as a retailer, you spend so much energy on the getting to day zero, really. Uh -huh. And then like, then you have to hit day one and, and the whole paradigm shifts from being like a regulatory or a finance one to being like, like a customer service, compliant customer service retail environment. Like, how do you think, um, how do you think training actually addresses those types of questions? Like, is it, is it um, just you know, uh, scenario planning with, with future employees or understanding how they're going to react in different um, operational roles? Like, what do, you, what do you, how do you think training intersects with that? Well, basically, it's about your role in the store and uh, what kind of expertise do you need uh, and skills, but also how does your role relate to other roles in the store? Uh, the manager, the uh, security uh, person, director, uh, and, you know, what's the accountability between you and all these other people in the store. Uh, yeah. It also ensures that uh, you know expertise and accountability are baked into the operation, uh, and so that you know it's not just about meeting and greeting at point of sale. There's a whole lot more, as you probably know, that goes into running a successful store. 
Yeah. And actually a, a question came up uh, last week, actually with Lucas at Can Delta about um, the requirement or lack thereof of SOPs in a retail environment, but a good idea to actually, you know, Im implement them. So people know exactly what's going to happen when different scenarios happen. Actually, it brings up a question that is, you know, there is this mandated training program called CanSell in uh -huh. Ontario and other places. Like, is that, I don't want to, is that not enough? Or are there things that need to be bolted onto that? Or, or is it really, are we talking about something quite different? It complements cancel. Of course, cancel is critical. And uh, you can't work as a bud tender in a store without it. Uh, so, you know, not going to argue about that. But the program actually we're developing one right now for a, a client that I think will become the template for, you know, other training programs that clients in the future may need. And so we, we complement what Cancel says. We go beyond in the basics, telling you a little bit more about plant biology and history and uh, the regulatory context. But also, uh, you mentioned SOPs, uh, focusing on the whole range of what is needed. So uh, how do you hire good people? Uh, how do you continue to develop them and train them throughout their career? Uh, you know, what specific things does a retail store manager and operator need to know? Uh, we go through things like uh, shipping and receiving, inventory and control, uh, uh, point of sale, of course, uh, compliance, reporting. You know, there's a whole uh, reporting regime with Health Canada for track and trace. So we cover all of these topics. It's really good. And I guess I, I, uh, thinking about the program you're talking about and, and implementing, like what, what do you think the benefits or impacts and benefits would be to a operator, I guess, doing this atop of what, you know, bud tenders do on the, on the cancel side? Well, there's a couple that come to mind. You know, one maybe is a little bit more straightforward and that's obviously you end up having a really excellent operation. So if it's excellent, it means it's more efficient. It means people know what they're doing. It means you know how to, to handle and you don't waste time on uh, complaints. How do you deal with complaints properly? How do you send back products you know, that have been tampered with or tainted? Uh, so that all those things that can, you know, there's a lot of steps. If you can be efficient, you're gonna have a much more cost-effective operation. Uh, but also to differentiate yourself in the market, and, and dare I say it, build your brand out. Uh, not only for uh, the customer experience, but also uh, I was going to say with regulators. Now, uh, that's a bit of a weird one for some people, uh, but when I was a regulator, uh, we didn't use the brand word, but we really thought in those terms. So for example, when I was head of the Ontario government's uh, IIE initiative, which was modernizing regulatory practice across all the ministries and, and uh, many of the arms length agencies in the government, uh, we were beginning to develop an, an idea of segmenting different regulated clients in terms of how well or badly they did their job. And, and you know, if you were in that top tier, you definitely got better treatment. And it, often it was unconscious, but I think those companies were savvy and they were actually building their brand with us. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Uh, it's interesting to call it branding. I come from a public affairs background in California and the idea that there were, you know, not better treatment, but, but understanding it's partly really about understanding the regulator as well. Like understanding how the regulator views you and reflect that back to the regulator in the way that they need to, to fit into their sort of um, the, their mindset. And I guess that is interesting, especially as we enter this phase in Ontario, where there's just way more retailers, right? I mean, there, there has to be a way to differentiate yourself among regulators, whether you're a mom and pop one-off shop 
or you are, you have one looking to go to five and 10, or you have 10 stores looking to go to hundred. Like there are different ways to think about each of those things. <clears throat> and I can only imagine from a regulator perspective, unconsciously or not, you put them into different buckets by how easy they work with, or also how they understand your job as a regulator. Is that right? Totally. And you know, um, you mentioned the crowded marketplace. That is so true. Uh, but fundamentally, it's about trust. So building a brand, whether it's a, uh, an outward facing brand with customers or with regulators, is really about developing trust. And so the regulator will trust that you're doing your job properly, that you're, you've got good quality control and quality assurance, that you're following all the steps, that you're reporting anything that needs to be reported. And when you develop a, a reputation and history of always doing that well, um, it's almost like a shorthand that the regulator, you know, doesn't approach you thinking, oh, okay, we're going to go to this store and we're going to find all these problems, you know, and so that becomes the context for the inspection, for example. In the case of uh, point of sale, it's about building trust with your customers that you're delivering fresh product that if you say you've got it in your inventory, you do, uh, that you can provide the correct advice to a customer, you can't categorically tell them about a, an effect. But you can say something like, oh, well, a couple of our clients have claimed or say that it helps them sleep, but you can't, of course, categorically say, say that to them. So you build a level of trust in all your interactions, and, and that actually goes for internal interactions in the store among all the staff. No, it really, it, it's, it's fascinating to think about, and I think going back to the first point that, um, that, that ingraining it into the training program that it lives with everybody, and, and these things, whether you're talking to a regulator or whether you're talking to a customer, or whether you're talking internally, like understanding and, and knowing and being taught in some cases how to actually do those things is super critical to the overall operation. Absolutely. And we're planning to, to develop a, a leave behind resource as well, because, you know, even if a, you have an excellent program delivered, you need to go back and refer. Yeah. Uh, and so the, in this way, we think, you know, these, these behaviors can be baked into the operation. Yeah. Well, we love uh, the beginning of the week every week when we get to check in with the Can Delta team. It's good to see the Can Delta team expanding. It's nice to see uh, your face on the other side of this, uh, of, this, of this. So I appreciate your time. We look forward to checking in with you down the road and welcome to uh, Ask the Experts. And uh, we learned a lot. Jay, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope we can chat again sometime. Well, I know we can. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got time for you every Monday morning. So Dennis, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. My pleasure.